Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there. My name's Michael Laminato, and this is qualifying day at the 2023 Dutch Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts. And on today's episode, Max Verstappen does it again, sweeping to pole at home by more than half a second in tricky mixed conditions qualifying that saw two red flags in Q3. But victory mightn't be a done deal, with Lando Norris alongside him on the front row of the grid in a McLaren car that looks like Red Bull Racing's closest challenger on race pace. And Daniel Ricciardo offers an update on his broken hand, while stand-in debutant Liam Lawson gets his first crack at a race weekend. For the latest on Ricciardo's expected recovery time and the outlook for the Dutch Grand Prix, it's over to your host, Chris Medland. So the name at the top of the timing screens might be pretty predictable in Formula 1 right now, but it's tough to say the same about the sport as a whole when we have a grid order like Saturday at Zambor gave us. Six different constructors in the top six positions, and we'll start with the front two who are seeing more and more of each other actually these days. Yes, Max Verstappen took pole position, but a lot of Saturday, it was looking like he was facing a real threat from McLaren, and Lando Norris was the one leading the charge in qualifying. Now, Norris ended up second overall, half a second back from Verstappen, which wasn't really reflective of the true gap, but he put together what he described as one of the worst second halves of a lap he's done in qualifying. Now, McLaren looked quick throughout Saturday, after Norris was quick as an FP2 on Friday as well, you might remember, but this was in very different conditions today as heavy rain hit before final practice and again ahead of qualifying. So we had a wet track throughout the final hour and then starting Q1 and Q2. By the end of Q3, the track was drying out and that opened up some gaps a little bit more with drivers taking a bit more risk or being on track at the right time. But Norris is still in a good position to continue McLaren's recent good form and potentially spoil Verstappen's home race weekend as the Dutchman goes for a record equaling ninth win in a row on Sunday. Uh, Interestingly, Max and Sebastian Vettel, who currently holds that record of nine victories in succession, uh, Vettel messaged him after his fifth win to say that he could actually beat him given his current form. So it's certainly on Verstappen's radar and now he admits the fact that he's within striking distance and uh, he's just one away from matching Vettel's tally uh, is something that he's acknowledging. But He insists it's all about winning right now. It's about taking advantage of every race as it comes along. But Norris will hope that maybe, just maybe, if he can take the lead at the start, and we've seen him do it before, don't forget. Think of Silverstone, Norris off the line, really impressive, great start, took the lead and held on to it for a little while. If he can do that here at Zambor where it's harder to overtake, we could have, I don't want to say a shock on our hands, but it could make Verstappen have to fight for it a lot harder. Now, behind Verstappen and Norris was George Russell, who bounced back from a few difficult races, actually, this summer to qualify third. But the headlines have to go to the driver alongside him. 
Alex Albon starts fourth. I mean, yes, Alex Albon in the Williams. He remained just as quick as he had been on Friday. And I said yesterday that sneaking a car into Q3 was possible for the team. Well, the Williams was rapid in both the wet and the dry. And it wasn't just one car sneaking through either. Both drivers advanced to Q3 and Albon pulled out an excellent lap to secure fourth on the grid. Second row, I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic result for him. Logan Sargent has had a great weekend up to the start of Q3, but he ruined his first appearance in the final part of qualifying with a heavy crash. The track was drying at that time and everyone was on slicks for Q3, but starting his second timed lap, where Sargent at that point was second quickest behind Albon, about a second behind him, it must be said, but you know he'd, he'd put in a, a solid banker with his teammate just up the road. But then the American got slightly off the dry line at turn two, dipped the wheel onto a slight wet patch. It looked innocuous on board. You couldn't tell that he'd actually gone wide, but the car instantly swapped ends and he had a pretty big hit against the barrier because turn two is actually a pretty severe right-handed kink that, that everyone kind of just treats as a, a flat-out interruption before turn three, which is the first heavily banked corner. Uh, but yeah, certainly in the wet as well, it makes it a proper, proper turn and, and it all went wrong for Sargent there. But Williams at least seems confident it can repair the car without a grid penalty. So it remains to be seen if that is the case. But if it can, then Sargent will still go after his first points from P10 on Sunday. So the race pace did look good, uh, certainly in the dry on Friday as well. So Albon will be likely dreaming of holding on to his own starting position too and getting a big haul of points. Uh, that will certainly be on the cards if he can get away cleanly but Sargent will hope to back him up with his first score in Formula 1 as well. So following on from yesterday's big news, we had a bit of an update about Daniel Ricciardo's condition on Saturday. He flew to Barcelona today for a consultation and likely surgery on Sunday. He's utilising some of the MotoGP doctors for some advice uh, as he looks to start his rehab as soon as he possibly can. Now, Red Bull team principal Christian Horner suggested that Ricardo will be targeting Singapore for a return. Now, that is early. Uh, we're talking a three-week recovery period in that sense, but that is really, really ambitious, not only given the time needed for the bone to heal, but also just based on the demanding nature of that track in Singapore. Uh, it would be a, a pretty tall order for Ricardo to be in a state to drive competitively there, given the test it would put on his body. But Franz Tost has said that he's very keen to see Ricardo back in the car as soon as possible uh, because the Alpha Tauri team principal has been impressed by his level of performance since returning and just how he was looking here in Zandvoort too. I mean, Alpha Tauri were very complimentary actually about the job that Ricardo had been doing in FP1 and then very early in FP2 before his accident. But despite all of that, just, just spare a thought for the Australian's replacement, Liam Lawson. Now, Liam told me that he barely slept overnight. He had a lot to think about and process. He obviously got the call-up made official on Friday evening, did as much work as he could. Alpha Tari broke the curfew to get the car prepared for him. But everything that was being done at the track, as soon as he left and went to go to sleep, obviously he was thinking about everything he would need to tackle today ahead of qualifying so he didn't get a lot of sleep but then he was trying to get himself up to speed and, and take in as much as he could and learn as much as he could and it turned out that the weather was not playing ball so it was absolutely soaking for his first few laps in the Alpha Tauri very much a wet track he had a really solid FP3 actually until he spun late on when pushing on the intermediate tyres but he was just learning about the full wets and the intermediates throughout that session and he was on actually a, a pretty good lap on the intermediates before he had his spin. He did rejoin and continue without damage but the red flag had already been thrown so it seemed like a bigger incident than it really was to be fair to him but certainly then Lawson navigated the wet start of qualifying very sensibly. Now 
We could look at it two ways, but one is that he was 1.2 seconds off the next car, which seems like a big margin to the next quickest car ahead of you. He did qualify naturally 20th out of 20 in Q1. But Lawson was also only 1.4 seconds off a spot in Q2. That's how tight the field is here. So two tenths between Valtteri Bottas, who was just ahead of him, and a spot in Q2 uh, in that first part of qualifying. And that's a very, very respectable effort. Given the lack of experience he has this weekend, not only compared to all the other drivers who had Friday to get up to speed, but just with the AlphaTauri car, with a Formula One race weekend, with qualifying, with driving F1 car in the wet, all of those things are brand new to him compared to drivers that are far more up to speed. So yeah, a really, really strong start in that sense. And a, as I say, a sensible one, just to not have any major, major incidents. Now, he does have the issue of his first race start in what could well be a dry race to contend with next. There is weather still around and we had a lot of rain uh, today that all of the drivers had to tackle and the teams were faced with with some pretty heavy showers actually that went on certainly through FP3. It, one minute the sun would be out, the next minute it would be hammering it down just for a few seconds but it really kept them all on their toes. But it looks like if there's going to be rain ahead of the race it will be in the morning. So there's a chance that it may well clear up by the time lights go out and if that is the case, Lawson will tackle his first dry running in the car at the start of the Grand Prix, or at least on the laps to the grid. It's remarkable to think, but because he's not driven this car before and today has been so wet, he has had no dry running in it. So he knows himself that means it's likely to be really tough to be anywhere near competitive in that first stint. He's just going to be learning. You know, it's the equivalent of the start of FP1 for the first time for him and he's up against 19 drivers who are far more ready to go racing at that point so what he wants to do is complete the race distance to gain experience and mileage uh, make sure he doesn't make any big mistakes because if he can do that that experience will really really help him heading to Monza where there's every chance he's going to be needed next weekend given Ricardo's injury. Just to put Lawson's performances into perspective today as well, he had just the one spin and didn't damage the car, while we had the big crash for Sargent that I've already mentioned in Q3, and also an accident for Charles Leclerc in Q3, who did quite a bit of damage himself, just understeering wide. He was on slick tyres at the time, and then ended up on the grass, and then he's a passenger, and hit the wall pretty firmly with the left-hand side of his car. That all followed red flag incidents in FP3 for Kevin Magnussen at Haas and Joe Guan Yu at Alfa Romeo as well, who spun into the gravel at the penultimate corner, as well as Esteban Ocon actually hitting the wall at Turn 1. He went straight on locking up. Fortunately for him, or maybe it was by design, but he hit the wall square on the Tech Pro barrier. Didn't seem to actually do any damage to the car, but he firmly hit it with the nose. Uh, and Turn 1 was a place that Leclerc kept going off as well in that session. So it was treacherous at times. It really was tricky. And all of that showed how Zanvoort has kind of retained this old school challenge and is punishing despite the changes made for modern Formula One. The banked corners mean that we can get F1 cars around here and create some overtaking, but also they're unique and there's not a lot of runoff. So if something goes wrong, you end up generally in the wall and damaging the car. It also means though, that we're likely to have plenty to talk about tomorrow too, when we've got such a close field as we had today, as I mentioned, six different constructors in the first six positions, they're all going to be fighting for position. There's a number of cars because of that order that will feel they're out of position. Lewis Hamilton started from 13th place because he got impeded during qualifying. He's going to be trying to fight his way through. We're going to have a lot of wheel-to-wheel -wheel action. If anyone wants to make their way up further up the order, they're going to have to be robust, take some risks. And as we've seen, this track can bite. So I'll be amazed if we don't see a safety car at some stage. Thanks very much to Chris, who's doing his best to keep dry in the Zandvoort paddock.
Make sure you don't miss an episode from the Dutch Grand Prix by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts, and you can visit us at pitpassmotorsports.com. While you're there, check out the Pit Pass Motorsports blog, powered by Podium Life, featuring racing articles and motorsport industry news. You can also keep up to date with goings-on between episodes by following Chris on social media. Just check the links in the show description. My name's Michael Laminato. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.